0: A client, like if they are seeing the logo concept that you're first presenting to them and it's with full color, if they hate the color you choose, that could lead to them hating the whole concept because clients don't think the way we think and seeing the concept first and kind of seeing the color and stuff added later on, they're just immediately
1: like it's a yes or it's a no. Sometimes when you deliver everything to every client, it's really overwhelming. I think that there's some clients that will never use a Pantone swatch or they'll never use, you know, 15 different kinds of logos or, you know, patterns or, you know, just I think it's really important and that's something I keep in mind is keeping that personal touch within my branding books that they, you know, I'm giving clients what they'll use and what they'll understand. Welcome to Sorted, a podcast for creatives by creatives. I'm Emma and I'm Alex. So get your coffee ready and let's get sorted.
0: Hi, friends, and welcome back to Sorted. We are so excited to deliver you part two to this whole branding system and how all of it works. If you didn't listen to our episode about brand strategy, that is episode four. So go back and listen to it. We dived into all things brand strategy and what all the nitty gritty that goes behind the scenes to get your beautiful brand and your beautiful logo mark and all of that good stuff. So, like I mentioned today, we're going to be diving into the actual branding. Suite, what we include for our clients, and as always, this is our opinion, this is what we deliver. We would love to hear what you guys deliver too, if it's different stuff than we do, but yeah, we're just going to have a conversation about what we do and how we do it and how we get to where we
1: get. Yeah, and I think it's also important to note that this episode will be really helpful for other designers and other brand designers, but it will also be helpful for any business owner to understand what these different pieces of your branding package you're getting are, how to use them, where they should be used, what's the difference, really how to fully utilize your branding and logo suite that you're getting from a graphic designer. First off, I think it's the, if maybe the most important part, and it's what most people come looking for, you know, when people are like, can I just have a logo? What they mean is that they want a primary logo. So in, you know, our our experience, A primary logo is kind of your main logo used throughout your brand. It's definitely the most recognizable piece of your branding. It's that, you know, that McDonald's full written out logo. It's the, you know, the Lululemon full, you know, full logo. That little symbol you're thinking of is not their primary logo. It's the, you know, the full name. It's, you know, those pieces that they use on their heading of their website. They use it on you know their merchandising they're on their t- hang tag it's the the piece that starts the logo process and most designers start designing by designing this piece of the branding because it really provides inspiration for all the other logos and marks and things to come and how i like to think of it is that your primary logo is kind of like the trunk of the tree and all the other logos and submarks are really like the branches so Yeah. And it's what you should be using. It's your default logo. It's what you should be using, you know, 99% of the time, or maybe like 90% of the time for, you know, if it fits in the space, if it has room to breathe, if it looks good where, you know, you're trying to brand, I definitely say go for the primary logo. I think that the other logos that we're going to continue to talk about are really important because they provide, a little bit of differentiation, and so your branding isn't so redundant, which I think is really important with branding, and why I like to provide a couple options, and also with your primary logo, it can come in one color way if you really are trying to have like, you know, a really narrow, you know, scope within your branding, but personally, I usually deliver a couple options. I like to deliver, you know, two or three color options, and then I like to deliver a all white and an all black option for my clients so they have those pieces to use, you know, if they need to print something or if they need to provide, you know, a black and white image or, you know, just different reasons why you would ha- need to have those high contrast logos. And personally, just a note that I think is really important is when I'm designing a primary logo, it's what I usually deliver first to clients. I always deliver it in black and not with color because it's really important that your primary logo can look good in uh, you know, just a two-tone look, because a lot of times I'll go in and I'll add color and add, you know, pieces and add some fun, you know, fun little tidbits to a logo. But those are kind of additional. Like I think that the the base primary logo has to look really good in in you know in all black. So if you have overlapping pieces, they're readable and things are, you know, they translate well.
0: And I think too, just to add on to that. A client, like if they are seeing the logo concept that you're first presenting to them and it's with full color, if they hate the color you choose, that could lead to them hating the whole concept because clients don't think the way we think and seeing the concept first and kind of seeing the color and stuff added later on, they're just immediately like it's a yes <clears throat> Or it's a no. And so just to deliver it first into bl- in black and white is the safe route. So they can see the concept for what it truly is. And if, like Emma said, if it doesn't work in black and white, it's not going to work at all in color. But this also gives them just a chance to see the concept and its worth and its special. Just just how special it is alone and then the color comes next. Yeah. Another important factor in a primary logo is think like the McDonald's logo that Emma mentioned the McDonald's brand is so strong now that we only we see the M and we know exactly what it is but McDonald's didn't start with just the M they had the full word McDonald's i mean same with Nike and stuff and so you have to start with the the full primary logo first and then once you gain that brand relationship with your audience with your clients and that brand recognition becomes just more upfront. then that's when you dive into the other pieces the secondary logos the alternative marks and the logo icons and all of that good stuff
1: yeah and that's kind of why i chose mcdonald's and lululemon as the examples because i think they have such strong recognizable pieces within their branding that people recognize different elements of the you know McDonald's you don't have to have the the arches with the word and like same with Lululemon you can have just the word or just the mark and people know what they are
0: and diving into everything else that's included in your branding suite in addition to the primary logo, these words are so interchangeable and we wanna put an emphasis on that because what we might classify as a secondary logo or an alternative logo might be the way that somebody else somebody else might classify it differently. And there's no right or wrong answer here. It's kind of just whatever the way you and your brain works and whatever you wanna deliver your client. So just know that if we say, hey, this is classified as as an alternative logo to us and you might classify it as the word mark that's totally okay like I think that these keywords and, and these definitions can be kind of interchangeable
1: yeah so I think that you know it depends on who your clients are, who you're delivering these logos to. You know, if you're delivering a branding suite to a team that has three other graphic designers on it, you might use a little bit more graphic design language because they'll understand, you know, what these pieces are. I know for me when I'm de- I'm, you know, 80% of the time I'm delivering a branding suite to a single, uh, you know, a solopreneur, or a single person that I sometimes kind of use a little bit more of simplistic words when I'm delivering logos. So, in my personal system, I kind of deliver a primary logo. And then I call it an alt logo, um, or alt logos. And for me, it could really be, you know, that could mean it's a submark. that could mean it's a word mark that could mean, um, you know, if my primary logo is a little bit more stacked looking, meaning that like, if it's my full name, Emma McGoldrick and Emma is on top and McGoldrick's on the bottom stacked, I'm also going to give my client, you know, a horizontal logo where they're next to each other, so if they need to fit it on something that's a little bit more narrow, or they want to make like a letterhead that's you know smaller on the top, or you know a watermark, or just different usage that you might want with your branding, you have those optionalities that are fully you know fully branded, fully you know designed by you versus your client taking those logos and like trying to stitch them together themselves because they needed you know a different shape
0: or trying trying to fit a long horizontal logo in a super, super narrow space. And so it's squished and it's too small and it doesn't work. So as designers, we would rather give you more options than you might need just in case. So like if you're thinking about a logo that's getting embroidered on the pocket of a t-shirt, like you're probably not going to want to use a super horizontal logo for that. You're probably gonna wanna use a more stacked logo or even your logo icon just because it fits that space better. So more options of logos that I include are word marks, submarks, and the icons. So again, like I've mentioned, you might have a different definition for these, but this is how I deliver them to my client. So we went over primary and alt logos. And sometimes too, alt logos can be the same as like your secondary logo. So secondary and alt can kind of be like interchangeable. And so word mark for me is let's say that your primary logo and your alt logos have some sort of imagery with it that's interactive with the type and the logo and maybe your word mark is literally just the word kind of extracted from that so you're not getting the whole thing you're not getting that imagery or that icon that's in your logo you're just solely getting the word this is really good. I see this a lot in footers on websites just to kind of like blend in with the links and all of that stuff. So your word mark is literally just how it sounds. Your submark, again, it could be very similar to like maybe even a tertiary mark, just like another layout of your logo. But for me personally, my submarks are let's say I did branding for a a virtual assistant and her business name was Your Kindly VA. So that's long and lengthy, right? So for the submark, what I did was I took Y, K, V, A, and I made a logo out of that. So this is fun to have in places that you might not need your entire full logo. People already know who you are. And so just having that in like an email signature or like a fun sticker even. So it's kind of almost an acronym or like an abbreviation to your logo. And then the final one that I include is social icons or like your logo icon. So this could be whatever imagery or iconography is in your primary logo mark and kind of like the ownable imagery to the brand that could be turned into a social icon. Or if you want to just take like the first letter from the, from the name of the business, from your primary mark and make that into its own icon, icons can really be whatever you want it to be, whatever is ownable for the brand. So like for Nike, for instance, they're not taking just the N, they're not taking the full word Nike, they have that nice
1: swish. And so that would be considered like their brand icon. And something else with the, with these like different pieces, sometimes these are called, you know, there's, there's also marks, which are, I know for me, I, I do really illustrated branding. So a lot of times I'll do illustrated pieces that go you know as part of the logo or they might be part of that icon or different things like that and sometimes they make you know a couple that they can use for example i just did a homeware brand so i did i illustrated a couple face styles and candles and different things like that and those are considered your marks which you know are custom to you they're not i you know they're not like from an icon website they're not on anyone else's website they're you know your personal marks so that is also something that can be included within this brand suite.
0: Something that you can also use these brand marks for is to create your brand pattern then. So you're tying in, that's just another way to tie in all of your elements. I love throwing in brand patterns. Sometimes my clients like rave about them and sometimes they're like, why would I ever use this? Like (laughs) where would I ever use this? But I love to use them in print collateral that I do for clients on the back of business cards, um, on social media banners. Like it's just a fun way to tie in all your brand elements together. Yeah. And
1: then something else i include are graphics so for this it could be graphic styles that i use if i'm doing branding for a website or if i'm doing branding for a client that has you know a lot of icons within their branding like they you know they want different icons for to represent different parts of their business or they want we're going to be developing a lot of things or even sometimes when a company or a brand has like an actual like character or just different pieces it depends on the branding i'll classify these as graphics so i'll include you know it also might be a way that they incorporate their logo into titles you know like for example if i'm going to make a media kit for this specific client how am i going to you know incorporate the branding into, you know, headings and titles. So it's just kind of a catch-all for other little elements that are part of the branding suite that, you know, might not necessarily, you know, be a, a, classified as a logo.
0: Hmm. I love that. And one thing too to think about when developing all of these things is the color, like we kind of briefly mentioned, and then also just the overall typography and the hierarchy of that and just why it's important. Because like I always mention, Our brains work differently than our clients' brains, so we would rather give the client more than what they need in order to continue putting their brand out there successfully. And so that's why Emma and I love to include hierarchy and kind of the breakdown of that within our brand guidelines within our deliverables that we give to the client and so the color and the typography could have hierarchy so I know Emma specifically does where she has kind of these colored circles on a page and for whatever colors that are her primary ones the circles are a lot bigger. And then if there's like a color that she's like, I don't want you to use this a lot, but maybe it's like CTAs or something, then that circle might be smaller. So you can see the overall color palette and how it's all working together, but she's still playing with hierarchy within that. And then same with typography. So what we do when we both deliver brand guidelines is that we have headlines, we have subheads and we have body copy and then sometimes the CTA. And so what we would do is choose the typography for each of those and really lay it out to what makes the most sense for that. So if it's a super decorative font, we're probably not gonna use that for body (laughs) copy and maybe not even headlines, but maybe
1: it looks really good as a subhead or as the CTA. Mm And I think it's also important to note that with typography, it's not necessarily the font that we use within a logo. These could be complementary fonts, these can be it sometimes is the font we use in logo depending on the client, but for the most part it isn't. And it's really important, you know, for our clients that they stick to these, you know, these these typography guidelines that we create because it creates this uniformity across all your you know all your platforms it creates a you know typography alone is a a level of brand recognition and if you kind of keep this constant and same with color if you keep the consistency of the color and the fonts throughout you know all your platforms all your pdfs all your website you know you're creating another level of of recognition and i also think it's really important for color to mention that both Alex and I, we deliver color in multiple different ways. We have that hierarchy system and then we deliver, you know, the hex codes, the CMYK codes and the RGB color codes as well.
0: And sometimes Pantone yeah, and sometimes swatches and, and color. Yep, yeah. yep.
1: If depending on, you know, what the kind of, what kind of client we're working with and what they're going to be using their logos for, I would say I probably deliver Pantones probably only like 30% of the time. Yep. But, um, you know, sometimes, sometimes it's also really important, I think, for graphic designers out there that, I know mean, something to keep in mind is sometimes when you deliver everything to every client, it's really overwhelming. I think that there's some clients that will never use a Pantone swatch, or they'll never mm-hmm. use, you know, 15 different kinds of logos or, you know, patterns or, you know, just, I think it's really important. And that's something I keep in mind is keeping that personal touch within my branding books that they, mm-hmm. you know, I'm giving clients what they will use and what they'll understand and it's nothing about like i'm not saying like i think someone's not going to understand what a word mark is but it might just be easier sometimes to call it a secondary logo so okay. that they understand that they use that first they use the primary then they use the secondary and then they use that tertiary or that you know a, a social mark or you know social icon whatever you want to call it um so it's kind of clear what to use and when to use things
0: i absolutely agree and just to remember that Giving your client way more than what they need because we tend to overlook the fact that we have a skill of choosing the color palette that works best, of choosing the typography that works best. And like Emma mentioned, choosing complementary fonts is a skill that we have. So if we just went to our clients and said, hey, we use this font in your logo... They're not going to know most of the time, like, do I use this all the time? You know, what font would go really well with this that I could use on my flyers or on my brochures? So we have all of these skills and we need to ensure that we give the clients everything they need and set them up for success. But also while still not overwhelming them, you know, only giving them what's necessary. But I think that you kind of set that tone and set that
1: bar at the way beginning and the discovery phase. And kind of going off what Alex said, I also think it's really important to note that, you know, we do pick colors that are pretty, that look good together. You know, overall, that's about an aesthetic and a look, maybe even a vibe, if you will. But I think that, you know, it's also important to note that a lot of you know thought goes into color, and there's a lot of you know there's color theory if you that to think about. And there's also something I always try to take into accountability or take into account is accessibility. And you know, different people have different you know color capabilities. You know, view you know people that are colorblind. You know. people making sure that there's enough contrast in type. There's a lot of great resources. I'll try to link some in the show notes for checking your colors accessibility and making sure that they are easy for everyone, you know, to read and for everyone to see because you want to make sure that the branding that you're delivering and also your branding as a as a business owner, you know, is readable and accessible to all. so then there's a few other things that you know alex and i include every now and then something that are add-ons some that are you know people might come back after we've done a branding suite that they might need but some of those things are photography direction slash photography treatment so you know if you need you know overall like what kind of editing style or photography style do you think will match your branding or what kind of, you know, how you embed these elements that you've created, these illustrations, these marks, this, these logo systems into the actual, you know, photography style and, you know, treatments. Social direction, you know, how to take this branding and implement it on social media channels. You know, for me, I sometimes like to include a couple free social media templates for clients to use for kind of like that launch mock-ups which are really great for clients that aren't necessarily the most you know they have a hard time picturing in their head or you know that aren't the most quote-unquote creative um in that specific way mock-ups are a great way to show clients how that logo is going to look on that tote bag how it's going to look on a notebook how it's going to look on a you know a banner or um, a sign in their store or you know whatever might be applicable to that you know specific industry that they're in or you You know if it's something if they have like an aspiration where they want to take their brand maybe like do something like that you know a t-shirt you know if they're gonna have employees like how would you style an employee you know shirt or apron or something like that so I try to get kind of creative with those and you know try to get have a little bit of fun with them as well
0: it, it's always fun too when you kind of do a bunch of mock-ups just for fun just to get the client thinking about different ways that their branding could work and then they come back to you and they say i loved the way that those stickers looked and like that was just a simple mock-up where we literally took the logo and put it on a sticker mock-up but that gave them a visual to see these stickers in quote-unquote real life (laughs) so then they went and ordered them and same with like shirts like Emma mentioned or like tote bags for fun like we're just mocking these things up so they can see but then that could lead to them actually purchasing these things in the long
1: run yeah and even also lead to more work for you you know in, in in the good way more work with they hire you down the road to you know create this line of merch or create this line Of these line of tote bags or things like that, and something else that we both tend to do a lot for clients is collateral. Collateral is any type of print or digital work that you know is an extension of the brand. So, social media templates, PDF guides, deck presentations, tote bags, shirts, merch, basically anything and everything that you know a brand might need. I know Alex and I you know have a lot of offerings that we both do and it's also good to have other designers that you have you know contacts with that you can refer out to if it's not something that you specifically do or contacts for printers or letterpress and different things like that that your clients might need. I know for me I give a vendor guide to my clients when they are looking for you know very specific collateral items or very like specific treatments of um, print goods or things like that. They are really helpful, especially, you know, if you're a small business to have these pieces that, you know, just add another personal touch to, you know, your client's experience. And
0: I know that sometimes when if you're like a newer designer, which I was, you know, years ago, and just thinking about like, where to source fonts, where to source mockups, and all of that stuff, I think that Emma, between Emma and I, we have a lot of great resources. And so just the, I want to plug in the website that I use for a lot of brand stuff. So it's Envato Elements, if you're not familiar with it, and Envato Elements is a, subscription-based platform. I use it, I believe that I bought it like for the entire year, but they also have like month-to-month option. And Envato has literally everything from fonts, from stock video, stock photography, website templates presentation templates sound effects literally so much and you get it all for free under your subscription this is my absolute go-to for mock-ups and for stock photography and like Emma mentioned when putting together like photography direction and stuff I love to go to Envato Elements and just pull a bunch of photos put together like a lookbook for them and I offer if they want my stock images that's an additional fee but also just to use as a guidance and as a as a lookbook like I mentioned, for the clients to have. Another really good resource is for stock video. So it would be super cool, like for social graphics. Um, Sometimes I try to create a reel that might have video of, you know, like if it's a hair salon, I would go search stock video for like a hair salon or somebody doing hair or something and I can kind of overlay the logo over that. So anyways, it just is all encompassing. It is just so amazing and I'm so glad that I found this platform. And I know that Emma has several resources too that she's going to refer to you, but I'll put the Envato link in our show notes just so you have one. But yeah, Emma, what what
1: are some cool resources that you have? have or that you like to use yeah I have two for color that I love and that I use all the time I think one of them you actually showed me on one of our mini zoom call sessions and work <laughs> sessions Alex and I love to like zoom and work together but one thing is you get it for free with your adobe subscription but adobe color it's just a, a great tool for helping with color theory and helping with you know if you have a a hue that you love and you're wanting to you know match it and find complementary or or you know monochromatic palette or you know just different things like that it's a really great tool and then another one i love is happy hues which is a great you know finding really fun fun colors it's uh, i think it's someone's student project but they're just like kind of fun they change all the time and they're cool palettes and they also show you how to use them for like in a different hierarchy like how to use them for icons and how to use them for headings and things like that and then there's also coolers which is a really great resource for making a palette you can go in and you can kind of add hex codes that you like and then you can kind of hit this like ai generated color sorter and it will help you find colors that look good with you know say that You're like, okay, I want to have five colors in a palette. I have these three. I don't know what else to use. It's a great way for kind of doing something like that, finding, you know, for me, I don't necessarily pull the exact code, but I'll use that as kind of a base to build a color off of, if that makes sense. And then my last two resources, and again, we'll link all these in the show notes, help with mock-up. The one I use that I love, it's Artboard Studio. It's fully online, so you don't have to use Photoshop to make your mock-ups. And they have if you, it's a subscription service, and they literally have everything, like any industry you can think of. Like I'm working with a beauty brand right now, and I just did all the mock-ups for their like palettes and brushes and things like that using Artboard Studio. And then the other one that I've heard a lot of great reviews about that um, some of my friends use is Placeit. It's another online artboard, uh, or not artboard, online uh, mock-up creator. But yeah, those are kind of our you know favorite resources. We'll definitely link them below. But yeah, for now, let's get into our final files.
0: So for the final file, I think the main takeaway is that your primary logo is the base for your entire brand. As Emma mentioned, it is the trunk of the tree and everything else is kind of the branches. So without your primary logo, you can't really build out the rest of your logo suite and you couldn't really build out the rest of your brand. It really just helps sets the tone for all of that.
1: Yeah. And then, um, the other final file, I think that isn't like the most important is all the other little elements and you can refer later this week to our Instagram. We're going to share our different pieces of our branding for sorted itself. We're going to sh- share what our word mark looks like, submark, you know, what our primary and kind of like the differentiation between all those things, just so we can kind of give you a visual of all these things we've been talking about. I think sometimes with all these different vocab words and all these different pieces, it's kind of hard to like really envision it. So we'll share a graphic of kind of a breakdown of what those different pieces are. But yeah, so having, you know, a system that's not just a logo, that's not just that primary logo and how important it is to have those different elements to fit in different areas, to not have this very repetitive brand to, you know, have a fun and interesting you know branding experience for your clients and for your business
0: and then the last final file i know for the both of us this is very important and i hope that you (laughs) guys agree as designers is um just the hierarchy of color and typography they kind of go hand in hand and that's not really something that you think would but they really do and they really just help set the tone for your brand and like we've mentioned before, your brand is not only your logo, it's so much more than that. And so really having the color honed in and choosing what is the main colors, what is the secondary kind of color palette, and then also the typography because it's not only the font or the the typeface that is used in the logo mark. It's what is the typeface that is headlines, that is subheads, that is body copy. There's just so much more that goes into it rather than just your your primary logo and the beauties of that. The color and uh, typography just play a really big role as well.
1: Well, I hope you got a lot of information out of this. If you're a graph designer, I hope it was helpful to kind of see how we sort everything out. And if you're a business owner, I hope that this kind of gives insight into your branding suite and maybe it gives you a few things that you need to add to your, you know, your logo suite and how, you know, you can round out that system. But we hope that, you know, each and every one of you got some information out of it and make sure to check out our posts on our Instagram for a little bit more clarity on, you know, the systems and also check our show notes for those resources we mentioned. Thank you so much for listening and we hope to see you next week. For more Sorted content, follow us on Instagram at sorted.pod. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, let us know by leaving a review. It means so much. Sorted is hosted by Alex Pizak and Emma
0: McGoldrick, produced and edited by Carrie King, marketing and graphic design by AP the Creative and ESM Creative Studio, photography by Hannah Hunt,
1: and music by Dam Dharmawan. Huge thanks to all the people that made Sorted happen and to you for listening. See, See you, you next time. time.